Welcome to the Art of Unraveling podcast. My name is Erin McGuire, and I'm an empowerment coach and guide here to empower you into feeling completely worthy of a business and life that you love. This podcast is the place to learn how to unravel anything keeping you from that abundant, beautiful life that you so deserve. Nothing is off limits here as we navigate life through psychology, science, and spirit. Let's get into today's episode. Hi, and welcome back to the Art of Unraveling podcast. Today, I wanted to talk about something that has been something I think I've kind of shared in a couple episodes back, but it's something that I continually work through in my own life. And as you know, I like to share in this podcast different things that go on in my life that oftentimes relate to your life in some way. And the clients that I work with, the women that come to me, they are often much like a former me. And not to say that I'm perfect now and have it all figured out, I don't, right? It's it's an unraveling process. That's why I call this the art of unraveling. We're going to be constantly unraveling ourselves throughout our lives because trauma, which we all have to some degree or another, is multifaceted, right? It's in our it's in our tissues. It's creates programs from our conditioning in our mind. It's multifaceted and it affects every area of our life. And that's not to say like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be messed up forever or I just like this person with trauma and that's all that I am. You know, it's just to acknowledge that you have that to some degree or another. Again, it's a spectrum. Some people have it to a large degree. Some people don't have it as much, but we all have it to some degree or another. And we all have different ways to cope with it. You know, there's the people that just make jokes all the time and they never are really serious. It's not that they don't have trauma. It's that that has become a coping mechanism for them. This way of kind of laughing it off or just making fun of themselves. That doesn't mean that they're not dealing with trauma to some degree or another. But what I wanted to share is that the people that come to me, what I notice about them is that they're hard on themselves. A lot of the people that come to me, you know, they'll say, well, I'm feeling this certain way, but I shouldn't. Or I know I shouldn't be upset by this, but I am. And that kind of happened to me recently, too, that I brought to my coach, which was a situation that happened to me that made me very triggered, very upset. And unbeknownst to me, not realizing it because I have this trauma response in my brain that says, danger, danger, danger. We are under threat. Be prepared, you know, for fight or flight. Literally, when your mind feels threatened, when your body feels threatened, when there is a possible threatening situation, it turns all the alarm bells off in your brain and you go into a fight or flight state. The problem is, and I think I've shared this a couple episodes back, is that we don't know how to get out of that state. We don't even realize we're in it, number one, and then we don't complete the cycle of the trauma response. And so then we have this kind of stress hormones like cortisol swimming around in our system, 
which takes away from the energy for digestion, for rest. And so it kind of keeps you on this high alert, this hypervigilance. You're always kind of looking around, preparing for what danger could be around you. Now, this was programmed in some of us, myself included. So if we grew up in kind of these chaotic environments where maybe a parent was addicted to a substance and could be kind of volatile, right? So we are on this hyper alert at all times. Our nervous system got trained that way by those early experiences, or maybe it happened as an adult. Maybe you were married to someone who was volatile and you learned your nervous system was trained to go into those hypervigilant states because of, of that marriage or that partnership. And what happens is if we were conditioned that way at a young age or at some point in our life, we begin to attract different situations into our life that mirror that because it's what we know. So, and it's not your fault. Like there's a lot of shame that comes with trauma. And in fact, it's shame. Peter Levine talks about this. It's shame that keeps us in these trauma-like states because we think, well, I shouldn't be hypervigilant right now. I should learn how to relax my nervous system. I should be better at calming down after I get triggered. And that's just not fair, right? It's not fair. Your your system is wired biologically. We have a part of our system that's animal-like, you know, that's very reactive, that's very protective, that when it feels threatened, it has certain coping mechanisms to protect us, right? That's not our fault. What we really want to bring healing around is how we move forward in trauma healing and nervous system regulation and to learn that shame is just going to keep you stuck in cycles of dysregulation. And shame, as I like to talk about it, it's one of the lowest vibrational frequencies we can put ourselves into. And sometimes we've been shaming ourselves for so long, we're so used to it, we don't even realize we're doing it. So that's why I want to bring a lot of awareness to shame today because I want you to see it and recognize it and start to stop doing it to yourself because it's not your fault that you can't calm down after you get triggered. It's not your fault that little things trigger you or that you're easily scared or jumpy. You know, it's not your fault that your nervous system is just a little more sensitive or hypervigilant than others or a lot more. That's not your fault. What is our responsibility though is healing. So if we play the blame game and we say, well, it's my parents' fault that I'm like this, so I'm just going to be pissed off at them, right? Or it's my siblings' fault or my grandparents' fault or society's fault or my teacher's fault, whatever. If we if we play the blame game, that doesn't work right? That just keeps us in a cycle of victimhood and we stay stuck. As long as I'm complaining, blaming, making excuses of why I am the way that I am, I'm going to stay exactly where I am. So we want to not do that. Simultaneously, we want to stop shaming ourselves for being in these states because that state keeps us in a cycle of not being good enough. There's something wrong with me, etc. It's a very 
low vibe state. You can't access healing. You can't access joy and your true abundant nature while in a state of shame. So have a little pity party. As I like to say, feel the feelings, right? It is sad that you experienced whatever it was that you experienced that made your nervous system become hypervigilant and and upregulated, if that's the case, and more anxious. It is sad to have those experiences. We want to feel those feelings, feeling the pain, which a lot of us put off, right? We don't want to do that. So we bypass it. We get really, you know, one way to bypass, by the way, that I found that I was doing for many years is soaking up more and more and more and more and more information. And I still kind of do that sometimes. Part of that is just, it's a need of mine. One of my top needs is personal growth, the top need I have. So I love learning. I love personal growth. However, for a long time, it was like this way that I got to stay really analytical, really in my head, right? Was by learning more information so I could have more and more and more information. And sometimes I'll still do it. It's like, I'm not even integrating the information. I'm just like, give me more and more and more. And when we, that's almost a hyper vigilant state, right? It's like, I'm not good enough. I need more information or ah, don't make me feel anything. Just keep me in my head. Keep me thinking. Let me analyze this information that's coming in. Right. So that's kind of a sneaky way that we can stay in in hypervigilant states. But we want to think about how do we get back into our body? Because trauma keeps us in our head. It keeps us in our head trying to protect from those different threats that are coming in. So as I was saying, I know sometimes I kind of jump around in these conversations, but as I was saying, something came up recently where I felt really threatened and I found myself judging myself afterwards to my coach. You know, well, there's a part, this part of me that really wants to protect myself. And what he really reminded me of was, yeah, but that's okay. Like, I have this part of myself. I I do this thing. Let's just say it like this. I do this thing where I f- it's a perfectionist thing, right? I have to be perfect. I I'm going to get to this place even though I tell people all the time there is no there. There's still a part of me, this perfectionist part that's like I'm going to get to this place where I'm never triggered and all of these parts I'm in control of all of my different parts and life is just smooth and I'm not living out of my trauma anymore. When reality is, is that the different, these different parts of ourself, like your really protective part, we have many different protector parts. The protector parts are protecting the exiled parts, the, the parts that got fractioned off at young age because of some sort of massive pain you felt, whether it was physical trauma, sexual trauma, some sort of abuse, emotional abuse, you know, whatever it was, you got yelled at many times or something. You fraction off, the the brain does this to protect you. Like, it's not like some weird pseudoscience, like, you know, woo-woo thing. It's like literally your brain is so advanced. It's so wired for survival that it will fraction off parts of you. And and in, in other words, it exiles those parts to like, never be seen, never see the light of day again. They're just, they're, think about them like wounded inner childs. And they get, they 
get exiled so that you never have to feel that pain so that you can be safe. Because if you, there's a part of your brain that thinks if you really go there, if you really feel that pain, you'll be like taken out. So I wasn't planning on talking about all that, but there we go. (laughs) To say, I say that because I had a really strong protector. I have a really strong protector anyway. And she kind of came out this week and was just like, you know, and what was reflected to me is that that's not a bad thing. Like we don't want to send that part to be exiled. That part is useful. It's just learning how to manage the different parts while keeping self with a capital S in charge, right? So there's self and then you've got all these mini parts of you, a protector part, a perfectionist part, a depressed part, a sad part, a anxious part, and so on. There's many of them. But when we when we tell ourselves you shouldn't have reacted that way, you shouldn't have this protector part, you shouldn't be anxious, we are further traumatizing ourselves. We're further almost abusing ourselves. And that true compassion, true understanding, true in my opinion, enlightenment, true healing happens when we can embrace all of those parts. So I'm not making the part of me that got really protective wrong because she showed up actually in a time when there was a need to be a little strong with a situation. If I banish her and say, you're bad, I don't ever want to see you again, you make me kind of speak in a strong way, then she's going to show up again and like kind of make my life more challenging because these parts never go away. They're always there. It's just a matter of who's driving the wheel of the car. You know, am I letting my angry protector part who wants to make sure that I stay safe drive the car 24-7? I mean, I might be a little volatile all the time. I might be kind of pissed off all the time. Am I letting my anxious part drive the car all the time? You know, she's like going to be on edge and like everything is the worst case scenario. And you know what I mean? So what we want to do is we want self with a capital S driving the car. But when different aspects of life happen, Like the anxious part can be useful when like my anxious part, for example, she's really good at like keeping me ahead of on my toes, right? Keeping me ahead of myself because anxious is just being in the future. It's future tripping, right? So, but she comes into play when I have to plan things out. I can invite her in. You know, you can invite different parts of yourself in at different times. I wasn't really planning on talking about parts work today, but it kind of went in that direction. So if this is kind of confusing, just understand this is from internal family systems in therapy. Um, It's also called parts work. And it's just a way to really understand that you have different parts of yourself and that none of them are wrong. And like, that's the main message for today is that shaming any part of yourself that shows up. Now, if you reacted poorly to someone, you go and make an amends. But if you start shaming yourself after that and and feeling guilty and like what a terrible person you are, 
that's the part I'm I'm suggesting we start to let go of because that's just like if you had a kid and the kid did something like that and then afterwards you're telling him gosh why did you do that you're such a terrible person why did you make that person feel that way what is wrong with you you know and you you start to shame the child the only reason we shame ourselves is because we it was taught to us by someone else someone else shamed us and so we learned you don't come into this world knowing shame that is a learned frequency and this isn't to beat you beat yourself up if you've done this to your child it's to learn to not do it to yourself when you stop doing it to yourself you won't do it to other people that's compassion compassion has to start with you everybody thinks be compassionate towards others no be compassionate to yourself when you're compassionate towards yourself you will stop being doing some of these things that we do to other people but it's also remembering even if you do like you have to forgive yourself. You have to let go of the guilt and the shame because it's not serving. So just finding some ways to be more loving and kind to the parts of yourself that you don't really care for. Finding ways to embrace them and to, you know, stop comparing. Well, these are my good parts and these are my bad parts, right? They're all a part of you. They all have a purpose. They all serve And when we can embrace them all, our life gets easier. So I hope this helped. Leave me any comments, I guess, on Instagram at The Sensitive CEO or Facebook at The Sensitive CEO. And I have a new program coming out called The Seven Day Nervous System Reset. It's going to help you if you've experienced trauma in your life and help you kind of get back to a reset, help your nervous system down-regulate if you've been up-regulated or up-regulate if you've been down-regulated. And it's tools to use on a continual basis. We can't reset our nervous system in seven days, but we can learn these skills, these tools, and have an easier way to tap in when we feel out of balance with our nervous system. So reach out to me about that if you're interested, and I hope to see you next time. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you liked this episode, make sure you subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. If you would like to connect with me more, you can find my website, my services, and my social media links all in the description of this episode. Remember, you are a beautiful and divine and powerful being, and it's time to own it.